Thank you for tuning in to Applaudable Perspectives. I am more than delighted to welcome a legend in the music industry, uh, Ranger Doug, Doug Green from Riders in the Sky, founding member. And thank you so much for taking time from your very busy schedule, Doug, to be with me today. It's quite a pleasure, Pam. You're an old friend and a dear one, too. Well, thank you. I, I have to say, I said this to you at the Bluebird the other day, yours is the first Christmas card I get every year. So thank you for that. <laughs> so um, if you don't know Ranger Doug, shame on you. He is a baritone singer, a guitar player, a master yodeler. He is the uh, governor of the great state of rhythm and, of course, a founding member of Riders in the Sky. He hails from Chicago, Illinois, and he's also a member of the Time Jumpers. So if you get to uh, Nashville anytime, go and see the Time Jumpers, also an amazing band. Um, and you guys usually play at, what, 3rd and Lindsley, right? 3rd and Lindsley every Monday night. Every Monday night. And who else is in that wonderful band? Well, there are three fiddlers. That's sort of the heart of it. Uh, Joe Spivey, Kenny Sears, and uh, uh, Larry Franklin. Then there's the legend Paul Franklin on the steel guitar. Andy Reese, a master uh, electric guitar player. I play the rhythm guitar and sing a couple of songs. Wendy Moulton is our newest member. She's a fabulous singer. And... Uh, let me see, Billy Thomas sits next to me and plays the drum, and uh, Brad Albert plays the string bass, and uh, and I'm missing I'm missing the accordion and piano player Jeff Taylor. Jeff uh, also subs with the, with uh, Riders in the Sky when Joey can't make it. Uh huh. So it's a ten piece Western swing band. It's really fun. And I have one correction for you. I don't hail from Chicago. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I happen to be born near there because my father was stationed at Great Lakes Naval Training Center, but I have no memories of, of Illinois. I grew up more or less in Michigan. In Michigan, okay, fair enough. Well, you're a Midwesterner, how about that? I am that, for sure. Um, I learned something new about you, I should have known this, but you have a master's in literature from Vanderbilt University, my goodness, along with everything else you've done. I do. Um, you also host a show on Sirius, the Cowboy Corral show, and um, some of the bands that you've been associated with are the boys from Shiloh, and you played with Bill Monroe, the Bluegrass Boys, as well. That's how I came to Nashville. Uh, I had the chance to tour with him for about six weeks in 1967, between my junior and senior year at University of Michigan, and it uh, ruined me. Uh, all I wanted to do from then on was, was play music. I bet, so your, I I bet your parents were delighted. <laughs> well, uh, when my father finally realized that I knew Dolly Parton, things got a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> and Minnie Pearl. He got to meet Minnie Pearl at the Opry. He, was, he doesn't get excited about much, but he liked that. She's so charming. I mean, what a, what a loss. And just... Yeah. I just saw a documentary about her that uh, PBS, it's on PBS, which was really, really lovely. Um, and she touched so many people's lives in, in many ways. Um, let's, let's talk about, about your career. I mean, you, when you were a kid, is, is, what did you want to do? Did you, when did you start dabbling in music? I wanted to be a jet pilot, but uh, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> 
There's I'm still time. Uh, you can still do it. There's still time, right? My uh, mother's family was Finnish immigrants. Okay. And uh, my grandparents were both Finnish, and uh, I had he had uh, 14 children, or they had 14 Goodness. children, of, of which uh, Henry, who we called Hank, and Arvid, which is a good Scandinavian name, both played guitar. And so uh, when we would visit the family way up in northern Michigan, up in uh, uh, Ishpeming, which is, you know, sort of on the banks of Lake Superior, mm -hmm. they had a little a little rustic cabin that they called their uh, camp. And they went out, and we'd, they'd sing all the old songs they'd heard off, not the Grand Ole Opry, but the National Barn Dance, mm -hmm. because that, that was the radio show they could get up there. And so I grew up, you know, listening to my uncles play guitar, and my mother was and uh, she knew all the old songs, you know, when mm -hmm. folk music came around. My mother ran around singing Wreck of the Old 97, the Prisoner's Song. You know, I love it. All those things. So, and then uh, my dad, as I said, was in the Navy for a while, and he called back during Korea, so we moved to California. Mm -hmm. He was stationed out of Long Beach. And, uh, and there was so much Western music out there. There was... There was live music at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, yeah. Was. There, was, there was Spade Cooley on TV, Western Varieties on TV, uh, Town Hall Party on TV. Uh, so, you know, Western music was just part of the fiber of my growing up. And, and while I got into other styles for a while, it, it, uh, when I heard the Sons of the Pioneers live in 1974, I said, where have I been? Did you all meet in California? Did the riders all meet in California? How did you guys uh, finally kind of coalesce, if you will, as a band? Uh, Match.com. <laughs> Cowboy. Cowboymatch.com. Speaking guys with big ass musical talent a plus, but not necessary. <laughs> not necessary. <laughs> uh, no, I only spent fourth and third and fourth grade in California. Okay, gotcha. Then we, then we made another move, and then we moved back to Michigan, where my folks are both from. And I went to high school, junior high and high school, college in Michigan. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. University of Michigan. We met down here, you know, uh, 50 years ago. There was a thriving acoustic music. I won't quite say folk music, because that makes it sound a little different than it was. But it was an acoustic music community, uh, bluegrass music, old-time music. Jug band music, blues music, and so a lot of us just sort of got to know each other. The curious thing about me and Slim, who started Riders in the Sky, uh -huh. is his real name. The curious thing about that is we both went to University of Michigan at the same time. We lived on Thompson Street at the same time. We ate at the same pizza restaurant at the same time, and I never met him till he moved next to me on Wildwood Avenue here that, in Nashville. Well, that's kismet, isn't it? Goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was meant to be. The two of us got together with a third guy named uh, Willie Collins. But uh, Willie's heart wasn't in the Western music, and he left after maybe six months. And we were still just sort of forming and learning the style. And Woody, 
glad to hear it. And he'd been independently writing cowboy songs. So he said, uh, I, I believe you boys could use me. Turned <laughs> out we could. So he joined the band in August of 78. And uh, that was the, that's the original trio that went on for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then Joey, the Calpolka King, the accordion player and the producer and arranger, he, uh, we found him under a bridge with a sign that said, we'll squeeze for food. <laughs> so we, we picked him up in 1988. He's been a member ever since. He's been squeezing ever since. Yep. So you've always um, obviously been, you've been an Opry member for a really long time. That's a big, big part of who you are and, and a chance for people to see you performing. But you've also taken your music all over the place. Uh, what are some of the places you've played? I know you've got some UK dates coming up. Um, you've got some California dates later in the year. What, what, what is the most farther most reaches of humanity that you've played? Well, I suppose uh, Mount Aso in Japan. Wow. We, we, we've been to Japan uh, three times, I think, and uh, played, uh, I forget how many different countries. We played every state. We played almost 7,800 shows. Wow. We played the Opry over 2,200 times. We've been members since... Uh, June nineteenth, nineteen eighty-two. Wow, that's that's quite that's that's quite a feat. You are to be congratulated. What what are some of your heroes that you've gotten a chance to meet and play with? From some like maybe obviously some career highlights. I, I would I know a few of them, but I want you to share them with our audience. Well, on the countryside, you know, we joined the Opry at a time when we could still meet the legends. You know, we still uh, hung out with Hank Snow and Roy Acuff, Bill Monroe, uh, just uh, Ernest Tubb. Oh, yeah. Just uh, miraculous to me that we we got to know these uh, Grandpa Jones legends on the countryside. Myself, because I've done so much research on the six cowboys, I've been lucky enough to uh, uh, meet Roy Rogers, uh, record with Roy Rogers, appear with him on Hee Haw and on stage, uh, Gene Autry, Eddie Dean, Jimmy Wakely, Ray Whitley became a great friend. Uh, all those movie guys, I got to meet them too, and, and what a thrill that has been, and what a, what a bunch of great memories it is for me. And you wrote a book you called know, uh, Singing in the Saddle, so you did a lot of research yes. about these guys. I sure did, I sure did. Singing in the Saddle is, uh, well, it's, about, it's been about 20 years now, but it, it was the first and best comprehensive look at the singing cowboy phenomenon from uh, on records, radio, movies, TV, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it won several awards, and I'm real proud of it. And unfortunately, it's just gone out of print, but it had a great run. It was the best-selling book at the Vanderbilt University Press for a while. Well, I need to haul it back out again, Doug. Goodness. Well, I've been trying to tell him that, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Is anybody listening? Vanderbilt, are you listening? <laughs> so, so bucket list. Talk, talk to me about um, some career highlights and and also going forward things that you want to do that you haven't done yet because you you are not slowing down one iota. And even the night that I saw you at the Bluebird, you had just played the Opry and debuted a, a young lady that you guys are working with, a young 
yodeler. And uh, you were with my friend Michael Jonathan, who is, of course, the founder of Wood Songs and the host of Wood Songs. And then you raced over to the Bluebird and played for another few hours. So you're not slowing down, kid. No, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've taken pretty good care of myself through the years with uh, staying in shape. And uh, even at 77, I'm hitting the gym every day and, uh, and have no plan to slow down until after. You look amazing, I have to say. You're still handsome as a devil. You are. And I, I, got to, I got to meet your lovely wife, too. What a, what a, what a charming woman she is. Um, so, yeah, so bucket, bucket list. What do you want to do? What, what haven't you done that you want to do, Doug? Well, I, I think um, I, if I died tonight, I've had a wonderful career and a great life. I, I just don't have any specific... Well, I have one specific thing. I'm working on a, a biography of Carson Robinson. No, it may not. A lot of people don't. But if you know country music history, he is about the only pioneer uh, 1920s-era uh, performer who was any, in any way important, who's never had a biography written about him. Huh. So I'm doing it. Wonderful. He, uh, he was most famous for carrying me back to the Lone Prairie. He was the first professional songwriter in country music. He wrote all those songs for Vernon Delhart. Delhart didn't write anything. Carson Robinson wrote them all. He also was the first studio guitarist and uh, wrote over 300 songs. Barnacle Bill the Sailor was one of them. Oh, wow. Opened up them pearly gates and just a lot of the early 20s and 30s country music. Uh, he was responsible for a bunch of it. So he deserves a biography, and I'm trying to finish it up. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, what are some, if you as you look back, just you go, man, that was a banner day. I mean, obviously you, you. I mean, talk a little bit about Toy Story. People who maybe never heard of Riders in the Sky got to know your music through Toy Story. So talk about how that happened, and I mean, that was phenomenal. That's true. A lot of people uh, have never heard of us, but almost everybody has heard us because we sang that song, Woody's Roundup in Toy Story 2, which is one of the more popular movies of all time. That came about very serendipitously. We uh, had been making records for a number of years and, and had uh, a fan at Pixar who knew about us. You know? uh -huh. So they uh, were having a storyboard meeting and uh, they, they had Randy Newman write the song, of course, but if you can imagine Randy Newman singing it. <laughs> I, I cannot. <laughs> so they said, okay, well, if we're going to use this song and have Woody have a theme song, we need a kind of a 1950s sounding band to, to uh, play it. And this guy, Ash Brandon, said, oh, yeah, I know the guys. And he downloaded some yodeling, and they all looked at each other and said, those are the guys. So they called us completely out of the blue and asked us if we would consider uh, singing the song in the forthcoming movie. And we thought about it for an eighth of a second and said, yeah. Did you do it? Did you record here in town or did you have to go out to L.A.? Well, we went out to L.A. and it was very intimidating. Because, <laughs> there's, there's Randy Newman. There's John Lasseter, who owns Pixar. We're about 50 lawyers. Oh, no. Head of, <laughs> head of Disney Records. Is, I mean, it was jammed with people and we're trying to, you know, work out the parts and stuff. <laughs> but it came together just fine. 
Well, good, 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 good. Now you're, you have a, not only a sig signature sound, but a signature look. So I'm sure you, that was borrowed from some of your heroes, but how did you guys come up with your look? I mean, did you, did you work with nudie back in the day? Or, I mean, I know Manuel's done things for you, Man, our, our friend Manuel. Um, talk, talk, like, how did you decide names and who, who was going to wear what, or did it just sort of, sort of all come together organically? Yeah, it was pretty organic. We knew we wanted to uh, emulate the, the singing cowboy heroes that we grew up with. And uh, I adopted my own hat style and shirt style. And um, I we went to Nudie's shop a time or two, but he never made anything for me. Uh, Manuel was very influential at the start of our career. Yes. So uh -huh. he, was, he was so genial. You know, he'd just say, oh, you pick out what you want, and you pay me later. It's okay, you know. <laughs> so uh, it just worked out great. And uh, his uh, associate, or, or uh, apprentice, Jaime, now makes, or well, most recently, I probably don't need any more shirts, but I've got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Jaime's been making my stuff since. He's about, uh, oh, 80%, 90% the quality of this. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, talk about some of the the people that you've shared the stage with that you just were like, oh my God, I'm, I'm pinching myself that I'm standing here. Well, Roy Rogers. Okay. No question about it. Sure. I, I almost couldn't. I almost couldn't talk. I bet. You know, this was this was Roy Rogers. <laughs> Unbelievable. But you talk about the peak performances. I think the peak performance for me is we played at the Hollywood Bowl with the uh, Hollywood or Los Angeles Philharmonic. why we'll probably get in the Hall of Fame. We are in the Western Music Hall of Fame, which is so virtual deal because there's no physical place, but the Music Association has a Hall of Fame, and we are. We were the first uh, active inductees. Mm -hmm. all, all the earlier inductees were Roy and Gene, Texas Rex, mm -hmm. the movie guys. Well, we're going to focus on this. I think we need to we need to start uh, like a petition or something to get you in there because you. Well, one good thing that's happening is uh, you know Bill Malone. I hope Bill C. Malone, the great country music historian. He and his wife are writing a uh, biography of us, which uh, they hope to have out in uh, December. Wonderful. Well, let me know if I can help them promote it because that that's fantastic. Okay. That's so that you're so deserving. And I think you bring a lot of tradition and diversity to the Opry. You know, it's like when you walk on stage, people stand up and take notice. And not only are you are you brilliantly talented as musicians, you're hysterical. 
and and who doesn't need that? Who doesn't need a little hilarity and a little verbosity on stage every once in a while? I, one of my favorite shows is seeing you at the Skimmerhorn, seeing you at the Symphony Hall, and I thought you did a great job. That's just about my favorite record of ours. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, last old live at the Skimmerhorn, yeah. the National Symphony Orchestra, and to hear my songs, you know, uh, in the full symphony, unbelievable. That's just an amazing feeling. Yeah, my little songs that I just wrote, you know. Do you still write, or 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 just do you write when you have a whim to write, or are you kind of like that's it, I'm not writing anymore. No, I still I have a couple of new ones, and I have three on our brand new album. We have a brand new album called Throw It Battle on a Star. Yes, our first in about five years, and I had, but I was going to bring one to you today actually, but. Since we're doing this by phone, I'll, I'll get it to you sometime. Well, when you come but see it, when you uh, come see Mike, you can drop it by, or we'll grab some lunch or something. Okay. We we share the same accountant, folks. <laughs> Mike's right down the street. <laughs> the great Mike Dodd, the great American. Exactly. So you've got so you've got some new songs. And when when did that um, album come out, Doug? Last month. Oh my goodness! Well, it's brand new. It is brand new. Yeah. And we're real proud of it. Uh, and yes, I'm still writing, still singing. I don't, you know, I don't have a schedule. It's just when it happens. Then I've never written more than four or five a year. I'm not a prolific guy, but I have uh, you know, a whole lot of Western songs, a couple hundred Western songs, and we've recorded a great many of them through the years. I haven't counted. Also wrote a couple for the Time Jumpers. Yes. So, you know, goes on. Now, does does Vince does Vince ever sit in with you? I thought Vince sat in with you sometimes on the Time Jumpers. He was actually in the group for about eight or ten years. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. He, yeah, he started sitting in, and uh, we asked him to join, and it, it was fun for him because he was the leader with all the responsibility. He was just one of the guys, and I think he really enjoyed that. Yeah, and then he went. Then he's been on the road with the Eagles, of course, since Glenn passed away. Yeah, that pays a little bit better than. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got to work with with Vince when I first moved to town and he was on RCA Records and I almost I almost almost got the impression that he was sort of a reluctant star and we were putting great records out on him but of course he really popped when he went to MCA but he was just as happy if not happier being a session guy and and get, getting called in to sing you know, high harmonies and add some guitar licks and, and hang out with his friends. And he's one of the most um, humble, genial, and hysterical people I've ever met, for sure. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't take himself too seriously. He takes his music seriously, but not himself too seriously. Yeah, it's fun having him in the group. It's, uh, it, the group has evolved through the years. There's been many different people, but I'm getting to where I'm one of the senior members now since I've been there 22 years, I think. Whoa. Wow. So I always ask my guests um, any w wisdom they would like to impart, and it can be to people listening just who are musicians, but just in life. And I always ask if, if you've got a, a personal advice or uh, also business advice that you'd like to share. Well, uh, pretty simply, uh, be grateful. Yeah. You know, uh, Amen. I, I have a a little routine I do every morning before I get out of bed. I'm grateful for my, and I'm grateful for my children, uh, my wonderful career, my health, 
and my beautiful wife and my friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I do that little circle, then I'm ready to get out of bed. Yeah. Today. I do the same thing in the morning too. I, I get up and I face the sun, and I, I I'll do I'll do a gratitude prayer as well. And you don't ask for anything. You just say thank you for being alive and and all the all the people that contribute to how beautiful your life is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I thank God for good ideas and for good opportunities and I just um I'm with you. If I died tomorrow, oh my gosh, what a what a fabulous life I've led as well. So any uh, anybody you would like to work with that you haven't had a chance to work with. And that could be in the music in music, I mean it could be country music, it can be rock and roll, it doesn't matter. I never really thought of that. We we have our own groove going here. And and all the great singing cowboys that were our heroes are now all gone to that great uh, bunkhouse in the sky. So I I can't think of anybody specific, but we've been lucky to work with uh, Kathy Matea. Oh, uh, love her. Jimmy Dickens. Uh, I mean, you just name it, go on down the list. There's Newton McIntyre, of course. Uh, not only uh, as well as Roy Rogers and So Doug, you you mentioned people who have passed, and you've got current artists that you that you've worked with and probably will continue to work with. Are you passing the baton to another crop of people who love the tradition of Western music, or is that kind of gone? Is that gone by the wayside? Well, it felt gone by the wayside in 1977 when we started this thing. A lot of those people were still alive then, but they didn't have very active careers. And the records were in the nostalgia bin, and I think we brought humor and youth to the to the sound and to the style. And our mission all along is not only to entertain, and that's sort of number one, but it's also to preserve this tradition. Mm -hmm. And that's why we that's why we've stuck with it. We haven't uh, uh, we haven't branched out, haven't sold out. <laughs> you know, we've stuck with with Western music and with comedy and it's been a, a great combination that really worked and and there's something of a magic between the four of us too i mean we get on stage and we still love it and people can tell that and that mm -hmm. is uh, very evident and it's something that an audience really appreciates we're not four old guys going through the motions you know yeah exactly really having, having fun just like when we were 30 Yes, exactly. And and do you trade off who writes the comedic part, or is it, do you have one comedian in the group that writes most of what you say, or is it is and how much of it is extemporaneous? Well, uh, we started out thinking we were all pretty funny, but it turns out that only Slim is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he he writes most of the funny stuff that comes up. I mean, uh, some of it's extemporaneous. You know, we have our our routine, but. We do a, a, a question and answer portion that often comes up with some really funny lines, mm -hmm. just depending on what the question is. Mm -hmm. I remember I used to love um, Mac Davis when I was a, a young kid, and, and he had his, mm -hmm. his show would be on. And, of course, there were so many music shows. He had, like, uh, Glenn Campbell had a show, Mac had a show, um, and Ed Sullivan. I was really little, and it was past my bedtime, but I would sneak okay. out and watch it. And now I can watch reruns of Ed Sullivan on MeTV, believe it or not, on Sunday nights. So that was the night that it used to be on. And they've edited the shows. Uh -huh. And it's it's really fun to watch them and kind of reminisce. Um, 
But one of the things that Mac did that I thought was the coolest thing is he'd walk out in the audience and he'd have audience members toss him song ideas and he would write a song on the spot. And I thought, man, how in the heck does he do that? It was probably all prepared. But at the time as a kid, I'm like, I want to work with the songwriters. These are cool people. Um, right. You know, so you could you could you could ask people to toss you ideas and write songs if you wanted. I bet it's people not would a love. Bad it. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Plan. You could have. You could. Go ahead. You could plan a few people so you have. You'll have be a little bit right. prepared. Right. Yeah. He, uh, he comes up with some stuff that sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's not. But the audience always likes it because it's exactly what you say. It's it's kind of a a stunning moment for them to see someone create on the spot. Exactly. Well, audience participation is always wonderful, you know, and, and yeah. I, I just love when you're, when you see somebody perform and they're, they're really at their, at their best. And then you're watching everybody in the audience singing back with them and, and the choruses. I mean, that's gotta be an amazing rush as an entertainer. Yes. I can't, I can only say yes. <laughs> Well, is there anything else you would like to add? And also, if people want to reach out to you, you've got a website. Um, if I mean, you're being booked by our friend Paul Lore, so you're out and right. about performing. So they'll be coming to uh, a theater near you, or I don't know, or comes to the Opry. Everybody, I mean, our town is just exploding with people visiting, which I'm so happy to see. So. Um, right. Come out and support live music, guys. You know, we, we got through COVID, and we're all alive and well and still getting up and doing it. So We are, and uh, I'm glad we got through COVID. It was, <laughs> it was a chance to write a lot of songs because there's nothing else to do. But, uh, yeah, it's been a wonderful career. I'm, I'm real grateful, and I want to I, bring forward people like Phoebe White, who we were working with, and uh, the little girl that yodels from Kentucky. From Kentucky, yeah. And just, you know, uh, bring things forward. I mean, give the breaks and the and the encouragement to the youth the way. When we started, you know, I, I thought that maybe the, the singing cowboys of the 40s and 50s would say, oh, these guys are, you know, these kids are stealing our style and they're just making fun of it or whatever. Exactly the opposite. They, Ken Curtis, Bob Nolan, all these people said, you guys are doing great. Keep it alive. You're keeping our memory alive. You're keeping this music alive. And we want to do that for for the youth of today. Exactly. Well, I think you are, you are one of the most um, gracious people that I've met. And um, I, I bet you love to read. Do you read all the time? I mean, I, I do. I read constantly. Uh, and and yes. if you do read, what kind of stuff do you read? What's some of your favorite books that you've finished? Oh, I've been really enjoying this guy named uh, Queen MacDonald, this Dublin trilogy. They're sort of comedic mysteries about a uh, detective called Bunny McGarry. And I also like uh, Mick Heron's series of... Uh, 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 that's the two most recent series of the Slow, slow Horses uh -huh. uh, series that he did, uh, they're kind of uh, espionage, but again, there's a big comic uh, uh, element to them as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, Alan first book, uh, the, the World War, set in World War II, I just love those. 
I, I read a lot of uh, music history, of course, too, because there's so much research going into this Carson Robinson book. Yeah, uh-huh. So there's, there's a lot of that, too. Some of it's very academic and dull, but uh, some of it's really insightful and, and helpful to me. We got to work on John Lomax and I have been friends forever, and uh, John asked us to work um, on the book that he put out, again, about his uncle and his dad and, and of course, the, the great work that the Lomax family did with preserving music yeah. history. And um, we're just, and, and it was such a thrill that Ken Burns put a spotlight on country music. And, of course, that's replaying over and over again. But I think that's bringing a lot of people to music and understanding music and not just the what's out there right now and there's a lot of great musicians right now but also appreciating where they got I mean, where did they come from and when I talk to young people they, I say well who do you like to listen to and they'll be like oh I love Garth Brooks or I love uh, Blake Shelton and I said listen to what Blake Shelton listened to and listen to what Garth Brooks listened to that brought them to where they are you know, right. if you if you are going to be in the music industry, learn about the history, learn about the genesis of how this amazing art form came into being, and and if you haven't watched Ken Burns, because it takes us not all the way, but it it, it takes us quite a quite a large journey, uh, and it pretty much stops with Taylor Swift, but we've continued, so maybe there'll be a sequel. I don't know. They'll they'll catch up with people that they missed, but um, maybe I'm uh, I'm all over episode three. I know. I was happy. I was happy to see you there, man. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I think that's. I think it's it's continuing to bring more people to mu- to the music that is that that really is such a uniquely American music form, and that's what makes me excited. And and um, you know, it's almost like when you get the the stamp of approval from Ken Burns, that's saying something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ranger Doug, thank you for yeah. gracing uh, my morning <laughs> with your with your um, dulcet tones, and uh, I yeah, look yeah, forward yeah. To, to hearing your new album. I've, let me know if you need help. We'll get some people to review it for you, and uh, and get it out there if you need help with that. But I'm so excited that you're you have a a fire in your belly, and you want to. Yeah, keep, I still love it. I love the stage. I still love writing. I still love trying to sing harmony, and and uh, I can still yodel a little. <laughs> yes, you can indeed. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Don't be a stranger. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks. Great, Have a. Great to talk with you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Throw a saddle on a star. Tie your dreams to a rainbow. Watch the rain and the clouds go When the stars break through Throw a saddle on a star 